1: All right, time for some uh, soccer chat brought to you by Sydney Trucks and Machinery, your one-stop shop. And uh, don't forget the global game. will be back at this time on 1170 and across uh, the SEN network um, this time next week. Uh, The host, Simon Hill, joins us to chat some footy. How are you, Simon? Very good, Chris. How are you? Mate, I'm well, I'm well, um, having withdrawals already though with the footy season or our footy season um, come to its conclusion, but I guess there's lots to look forward to in the round ball game and uh, well, for, for a number of years you've, you've pretty much been the voice of, of, of soccer and it's, it's great to have you still working with, um, with the SEN network, mate. Socceroos, um, World Cup quali start tomorrow morning, early start for you though, what is it, a 5 o'clock, kick. 5.30 kickoff in the morning?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 5.30am it's kickoff. Uh, we go on air with Channel 10 at 5am, at so it's one of those where you've got to set your alarm clocks, no matter where you are in the country. Um, it's not ideal. Obviously, this is a, a game that was going to be played or should have been played in Australia, but mm. uh, because of the pandemic, uh, we can't do that. So they're, they're off to Doha again, playing at the Khalifa International Stadium. Uh, And the good thing about that venue, at least, even though it's still pretty warm over there, it's an air-conditioned stadium, so it'll be a a lovely 22 degrees. The pitch is good, um, so they'll have no excuses.
1: Where are we up to then in terms of um, are we on track, expectations, results so far in qualifying? This obviously the final round. We've won our first two, correct? So uh, if you run a rule across the performances, are you happy?
0: Yeah, look, I, I think uh, to to uh, to be critical uh, when they've just won ten qualifiers in a row, which mm. is an Asian record, incidentally, uh, would be a little bit harsh. Um, if you want to split hairs, the the performance against Vietnam in the last game wasn't the flashiest, but there were reasons for that. Uh, they were playing in, in very difficult conditions, very hot, very humid, as it always is in Hanoi, and they they played on a pitch that was. Uh, horrible, really, very spongy, difficult to play the sort of football that the soccerers like to play. Uh, they won't have that problem tonight. Um, overall, uh, you, you can't ask for anything more than than just keep winning, and and that's what mm-hmm. they've been doing. But the, the caveat is is that they now come up against Oman, who are fast improving. Uh, they beat Japan away from home. That's how dangerous they can be. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, they go to Saitama to play Japan, which is you know, in despite that result against Oman, it, it's still the toughest away trip in Asian football. So these are two very big tests for Australia. If they come away with four points or you know, even better, if they get all six, mm. then really, um, you know, Qatar 2022, the World Cup finals is an open goal from there.
1: Oman, am I right in saying our last time we played them, we won quite comfortably?
0: Yeah, that was a friendly um, before the Asian Cup in 2019. So I don't know how much you can glean from that. It was a a pretty one-sided game. They won 5-0, the Socceroos. But uh, this Oman team is is much changed. Um, They've done away with a couple of their older players and and gone with youth. um, And they're a very solid unit. They defend well, and they're good in transition. So, look, I'm not not trying to paint them as world beaters because Mm -hmm. I don't think they are, but... They, they do offer a threat, and if Australia are not on that game for any reason tonight, then they could get punished. But, look, overall, if Australia play to their capabilities, uh, I think they'll win tonight. But the the real big test is, is Tuesday night away to Japan.
1: So, uh, OK, I so say it's, it's um, well, not a, not a really tight turnaround against Japan, but uh, that will really be the, um, I guess, the barometer by which we judge them most, won't it?
0: Yeah, look, Japan is always the litmus test in Asia. Um, you know, they're the, the country that has really, you know, taken their football onto the next level. They they reached the uh, the second round of the World Cup, the round of 16. Um, it might have even been the quarterfinals. I'm trying to remember. Goodness me, how long ago that seems, Russia 2018. And and they went out only to a, an, an extra time goal to Belgium. So, you know, I saw Andy Harper on our preview show on Channel 10 yesterday saying he thinks that Japan... And it might be a long way in the future yet but he thinks japan will be the first asian nation to win the world cup and i think he's right Uh, their football is so highly developed um they invest a lot of money in it of course um they uh, sell a lot of players to good european leagues Uh, you only have to look at uh, liverpool they've got uh, minamino who who plays for them not every week but you know really good player and there are there are many more besides the playing the top leagues of europe so you know, they're our benchmark. In this country, we, we always tend to look at Europe and go, well, we're not as good as the Premier League, we're not as good as the Bundesliga. Uh, and that's true. But but Europe is a different level. Within our own backyards, relatively speaking, I'm talking about Asia here, mm. Japan are the barometer. And uh, we, we'll, we'll get a good idea as to just how good or otherwise the Socceroos are on Tuesday night.
1: Mm. All right, well, you talk about Europe there um, um, and the strength of of, um, European leagues. The Nations League, we just had the Euros, didn't we, not long ago. My head's spinning a little bit, and, and, you know, I'm not a football aficionado, but I I try and be across it where where I can. So we've got another competition going on. Um, What's happened there last night? A a, a a long-term winning streak comes to an end.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean, Chris. I'm exactly the same with cricket. It seems that yes. they finish one series and they're playing a triangular or a one-day series. I can't keep up with it all. Um, th- this is actually a, a pretty new tournament, so you're totally uh, understandable that you're not necessarily across it. The Nations League uh, came in just a couple of years ago basically to replace uh, meaningless friendlies. They decided mm-hmm. they would create this competition. And to be fair, it's worked reasonably well. It's gone down quite well with the public. Um, last night, we had the uh, first semi semi-finals in this year's uh, competition, which again has you know, been stymied by COVID in various places. And Italy went down 2-1 to Spain, which is the first time they've lost. Now, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I think it's 34 or 35 guys. It might be even more than that. Wow. So it's, it's a long, long unbeaten run. Of course, they, they won the Euros against England in the final uh, during the Northern Hemisphere summer. So... I guess all good runs have got to end at some point but they'll be disappointed that they've they've had to lose it in uh, in a semi-final against the Spanish. Mm.
1: Uh English Premier League I'm talking to Simon Hill by the way. Uh English Premier League Simon uh, Newcastle uh, they're said to be bought out are they by um Saudi sovereign wealth fund. Yeah. Is that causing a, a bit of controversy um back home in your old your old neck of the woods?
0: Yeah, look I mean it has done um this is not the first time that the Saudis have tried to buy Newcastle. They tried a couple of years ago. And Mike Ashley, who's a very controversial figure who owns Newcastle United and has done for many, many years, was willing to sell. But the Premier League actually puts the kibosh on it um, because in, in part because there was a row between the Saudis and Qatar. I mean, th- this is world football in a nutshell for you. Uh, the Saudis had banned BN Sports, which is a Qatari enterprise Uh, from broadcasting in Saudi. There's all sorts of shenanigans going on off the field. And the the Premier League decided that it it wasn't a good thing for Newcastle to be bought out by the Saudis. Um, I think there were probably some other concerns as well with human rights, which is, you know, completely understandable. But there are other clubs uh, in the UK who are owned by, you know, nation-state enterprises that uh, don't necessarily Mm. uh, fit those rules either. Now, the the row between the Saudis and and the Qataris has abated in the last 48 hours. So it appears that this move is now back on. Now, it will help Newcastle because, of course, the Saudis will come in with uh, potloads of cash and they'll be hoping to invest that in, you know, big-name players that will restore them to glory. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, I I think the Newcastle fans, by and large, will be happy, but there will be a sizable minority that will be uncomfortable with it. And uh, probably you can say the same for the rest of the football community in England as well.
1: Mm. Now, obviously, uh, not great news um, this week with the the women's game. Um, We'll steer clear of of that with a bit of better news, though. And and that's that the uh, uh, Matildas are going to be home, I believe, playing in front of, what, full stadiums again soon, we're hearing.
0: Well, they've got a couple of friendlies against Brazil at uh, the end of the month, um, which is... Uh, terrific news! Obviously, they, they did so well in Tokyo. They came very close to getting a, a medal, finished fourth at the Olympic Games. And this is the first time we'll have had the Matildas, or, or indeed any of the national teams, at home in quite some time. Now, uh, to be honest, in terms of the crowd numbers, I'm not 100% sure. <coughs> excuse me, what mm-hmm. the rules are with regards to full stadiums. I think there will be some. Spectators there. You probably have to be fully vaccinated to get in. Whether that's a limited crowd, whether it's only five thousand, three thousand, or whether it's twenty thousand, I honestly don't know. I mean, things seem to change on a daily basis at the moment, particularly when you've got a you know a new premier in New South Wales, and the games are slated to be in Sydney. So um, the good news is is that they're coming home and they're going to play a couple of games. And as you rightly point out. Given what's gone on off the pitch over the last few days, mm. it'll be good for uh, for our female players to be able to focus on the football on the pitch. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching them play, and uh, you know maybe uh, being at the stadium as well at, out mm. at um, Parramatta.
1: Absolutely. And look, I say I steer clear of all that. I mean, I, I don't like to, to talk too much about things I don't know a lot about other than what I've been reading and allegations of, of harassment and, and bullying and all that. And, and it's not right. It's not good. And, and um, look, I hope they do get no, to the bottom not. of it and we, we draw a line under, underneath it because it, I, I don't think it's just uh, unique to, uh, to women's football. It's happened in other sports as well. So uh, I'll leave that to the, um, the governing bodies that be and, and just hope that due process is, is followed through. Well, Chris,
0: you know I totally agree with that. I've said publicly that uh, once these allegations uh, surface, then obviously they've been pretty uh, well documented over the last 24, 48 hours, and I, I understand there might even be more to come tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the governing body is 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 duty bound to look at this. I I, I want them to be uh, to set up an independent investigation um, so that the the players can be heard. Uh, clearly and with empathy because it sounds as though you know a lot of these female players have gone through some pretty traumatic experiences and we stress that there are allegations at the moment Um, and once that you know proper thorough investigation has has been carried out then it's up to the governing body uh, to take action but the bottom line is this whether you're uh, a man or a woman a girl or a boy you should be able to play sports in a safe and supportive environment no matter what
1: uh, sport you play well said thanks mate always good to chat Simon. i haven't spoken to you for a while we will be listening to the global game 8 p.m uh that is back next week so i look forward uh to that um and you've got a, a very early start so what, what time are you going to bunk down then
0: uh, yeah, I might, I might have to go to bed in an hour or two, try and get some shut-off. <laughs> I never sleep too well with these early kick no, no. so I do If I don't sleep tonight, I'll, I'll sleep tomorrow. Pick
1: it up tomorrow. All right, champ, I appreciate <laughs> it, Simon. Good luck. We'll be listening in in the morning. Thanks, Chris. There is Simon Hill, and that was uh, brought to you by Sydney Trucks and Machinery, your one-stop shop. Visit stmc.com.au.